You are listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. For more information on my book and other resources, check out yellingcurebook.com. Hello, everybody. It's Robin McMahon here. Welcome to Parenting Our Future. We are celebrating today. It is the 50th episode of Parenting Our Future. And who better to have help me celebrate than two of my favorite people on this whole planet, the two rebels for joy, Bonnie Kelly, Jillian Bolands. They are two of the most sparkly, beautiful people you will ever meet in your life. They are are they are the rebels for joy they have founded rebels for joy they have a podcast they have uh so many things to help empower women and they are on a mission to help women radically transform the way they think and feel through their dynamic teachings they equip thousands of women with the necessary tools to realign their purpose passion and power all fueled by authentic joy i mean come on you guys seriously that's so, so good, good. right <laughs> So good. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here and for helping me celebrate this milestone. Our we pleasure. are so proud of you, Robin. Oh. This is so exciting. Happy 50th. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> and you, uh, we have, uh, I've been on your podcast as well, and it was such a joyful experience. And yeah. what we are here to talk about today is a few different things in terms of entering the world of motherhood and just what it's like to be a modern mom uh, and, a, and a parent who also wants to, to raise their kids to thrive in this world. And so one of the things that um, I wanna talk about is, and I wanna start off by talking about is unspoken expectations. Mm. And what happens is, is we as, as women specifically, and I'll speak to women, I love, I love those dads out there, but women in, in specific, you know, there are a lot of expectations on us even before we conceive a baby. Like, isn't it like as soon as you get married or you're with a long-term partner and it's like, okay, well, when are you gonna have kids, right? When are you gonna have kids? Mm -hmm. um, what if you choose not to? Shame and disapproval there but totally. but with with moms there is a lot of unspoken expectation and and then I want I want to talk about that but I also want to talk about uh, unspoken expectations on our kids as well so Bonnie can you maybe start by talking about those unspoken expectations that we have as moms and where yeah. they come from what is that all about I love that you're bringing the heat right off the bat because <laughs> expectation sure. is yeah, is a big is a big topic. And in fact, there's a quote that says that expectation is the root to most heartache. Oh. Now, what I would add to that is unspoken expectations are the root to most yeah. heartache. Reason for that is because when we have spoken expectations, they're typically agreements. That's what an expectation is. It is this it's an agreement that you and I have as a partner, as a friend, as a mother. Unspoken expectations typically are ones that are uh, implied or placed upon us without our acknowledgement, awareness, or others' acknowledgement or awareness. Mm -hmm. So we will have these unspoken expectations of what a father should be, what a uh, mother should be, what a, um, a husband should be, what our children should be. And as soon as you add that language, should, mm. you are shaming. Mm. 
Yep. And so now we've got the shame spiral going on and talk about mom guilt. That's going to follow that suit. Right? So when I say you bring in the heat, I mean, this is a, this is a very heated topic because it's how well do you listener know what you expect of yourself and others? And then in addition to that, where are those expectations come from? Who's placing them? Who's enforcing them? And ultimately, who's the one that crafted and cultivated that definition? And is that definition in alignment with what you want? Mm, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, so good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I need a minute. Um, and you're right. And, and by the way, uh, for everybody listening, it's not going to be heavy the whole time. These are the rebels for joy. Like, don't worry. We're going to get to the jokes. We're going to get totally. to the fun stuff. But like, let's talk about like the real stuff is what, yeah. you know, people really struggle with. And you are so right. Should equals shame. Then there's mom guilt, the shame spiral. And oh boy, was I stuck in that shame spiral for a very, very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And um, to the point where I thought maybe I should just leave my family or maybe even leave this earth because I thought everybody would be better off without me. Wow. And that is real. And those are expectations. And they, you're, it, it is exactly unspoken expectations. I thought for me that there was a level that I had to achieve or this, this unspoken expectation of this perfect mother that I needed to be. And I wasn't. And I was so full of shame because I found it so hard. I had a baby that I couldn't calm down. You know, my whole birth story was complicated and hard with a C-section and shame there and not being able to nurse their shame. And so those are those expectations, right? And, and so Bonnie, what, what I just heard you say is you've got to check in with yourself for a minute and say, what are the expectations that I do have on myself? What are the expectations I have of other people? Where are they coming from? Like, let's really analyze that. Where are they coming from? And are they in alignment with who you want to be? Yep. Wow. That's it. That's, that is where the path will stop because unspoken expectations, you guys, this is what's robbing you of joy. When you're in the shame spiral, when you're in the guilt, the mom guilt zone, right? All of this is robbing you of joy. And if you want to be happy, if you want to get back to that happy-go-lucky, free-spirited version of yourself that existed at one point, but magically disappeared when you became a mother because of all yeah. the stress and pressures and expectation, this is a starting point. This is the starting point to say, okay, wait a minute. All of these definers that are placed upon me, I don't know if I even asked them, asked, um, like asked for them. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if they're really in alignment, but I'm just trying to follow suit like a robot because it's what I should do and it's what the world told me to do. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Like you're an in individual, you get to be the definer. Me and Jillian, we just said this the other day. We said, as a rebel for joy, you are a definer. You get to define what it means, what's right for you. You get to define what inspires you and lights you up and what it means to be a mother, a modern mother. I like that because I am so a modern mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, sorry, go ahead, Bonnie. I was going to say, it just requires you to start asking yourself, what defines me and, did, and is this in alignment with the definition that I want to abide by? And if not, we trash it and we create a new one that mm -hmm. fits you. Okay. So maybe I can ask Jillian this question. What happens though, if what, what 
The path to joy for you is to parent in a way that is more peaceful or, you know, more intentional, conscious, and your parents don't agree with you or your friend circle doesn't agree with you. What do you do then if, if, if the people, if those expectations could even come from parents, your parents or your friends or your social circle? I love this question so much, Robin. And I want to go back to one word that Bonnie said in her answer. And this is where where I'm going to really hone in on. She said the word want. What do you want? And for so many of us, we are conditioned from the outside world, from those expectations that we have kind of thrown on, like that loose sweatshirt that's hanging in the corner, and then the scarf that's hanging over there, and then the hat that somebody else just gave you, so you might as well put on, right? Like we accumulate these expectations, and we don't even consciously realize that we're doing it. And so when we are given the opportunity to declare the way that we want to live, we get to free ourselves from those expectations. That doesn't mean that it's easy. My goodness, when we have parents that we love so much and we want to appease them and we want to do things the right way, right? Like you are talking to someone here who like, I lived my life in the overachiever wanting to impress and please everybody. I I I can play that song really well. And what it comes down to is being brave enough to ask yourself what you want. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, Robin, it's giving yourself the opportunity to, to sit with it and to be in that quiet space. Because I know that so many women who are listening to this right now just went, yeah, that'd be nice to ask myself what I want, right? Because we don't think that it's an option. We think that our wants, our desires are something that we have to work for, or we have to prove ourselves to be good enough for. There's a worthiness disconnect there. And so with unspoken expectations, we carry that heavy load and the way to start just lightening it for ourselves is to remember that we, I was, so I'm going to speak in the I and hope that every listener will assume this for yourself. I was given this life. I was given this body. I was given this child or these children. I was given this situation. Nobody else is living this the very way that I am. So what do I want? for it the very most. Being brave enough to ask ourselves that question and then actually sit with it long enough to answer it and do it is the greatest gift that we can give ourselves because it's one thing to ask ourselves what we want. It's another thing to actually give it to ourselves. Mm. And so having the important conversations with the people in your life that maybe have had these expectations, but they just don't align for you. I, I love that Bonnie used the word align too, because this is an inner feeling. This is an inner knowing and expectations cloud that for us. But when we are willing to be brave, and to sit with the truth of who we are and ask ourselves what we want, my goodness, everything gets to change. You actually start to live the life that you want to live. You get to parent the way that you want to parent. And, and here's the thing, you get to evolve with those wants because 
you are not a static point in time person. You are going to evolve and your wants are going to evolve over time. And that's joy right there, right? It's, it's, that's an opportunity for you to step into participating with life and letting yourself transform as you inevitably thank goodness will. And when you ask yourself the whole way through what you want, that's a joyful life right there. my mind is blown because how many of us will go and say, what do I really want? And, and, and actually not even answer it fully. Like, what do I want? Well, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like, what do I want? And most of us will ask, right. And most of us will actually default to, well, what do I need? What makes the most sense? Mm -hmm. We won't actually go to that deeper level. We're going to go to what our mind logically tells us we should do. There's that word again, Bonnie. And instead of saying, okay, great. Logically that might make sense, but like, is that even in alignment with what I want? Mm -hmm. And there's a deep, deep, deep difference between what you need and what you want. Sometimes it's great when the two line up and they match beautifully, but we default to what makes sense, especially as mothers. And we'll sacrifice what we want because of it, because logically, Oh, I don't need that. Right. Instead of like, no, I want that and owning that you want that. Well, and the reality is, and Bonnie, I want to check in with you on this because I think you've got something to say. What the reality is, is that when we are in alignment with who we truly are, with what we want out of life, we are happier, we are more confident, we are more joyful, and we radiate that, and therefore our family gets the benefit of it too right? A hundred percent of it. And that's everything, right? I mean, to feel so joyful. And I remember my own self, like when I, when I finally, I have some friends that I can think of right now who have seen me through my journey of, you know, being a really depressed mom, being an unfriendly mom at the school, you know, when I'd walk my kids to and from school and, um, and then see my own transformation and how people would say, you know, you're just so happy now. I'm like, I know. It just feels so good, right? So, uh, Bonnie, let me check in with you. What do you have to say or what can you add to to what Jillian just said? I love this so much. And when you, I want to emphasize what you just said, Robin. Pouring from a full cup, you have so much more to pour. When we are neglecting our, like, needs, but even more our wants, like our wants, there's a big difference between the two of these, right? Needs are necessities. And when we prioritize those needs over our wants, we will settle for less than satisfactory. What kind of a life is that, mm. right? To live a life that is mediocre, it's okay, you're fine, it's good. No, what Robin just said right there, she said, I see people who saw me transform and they're like, you're so happy. And you're like, I know. And you're bursting out of the seams with excitement and fulfillment and passion and joy. That's a huge difference. Yes. <laughs> That's the difference between living from what you need and living from what you want. And this doesn't mean being selfish. This doesn't mean overindulging. Okay, it doesn't mean go blow your budget because you want a Louis Vuitton purse, right? It means like being willing once in a while, instead of just throwing in that extra pair of jeans at Costco because it's conveniently in line because you need a pair, like actually go shopping for a pair so that you can find one that 
fits and doesn't have that gap, you know, does anybody yeah. else have a gap in the back? Like when you bend over and everybody sees your underwear, like, come on girls, like, you know, like actually go get a pair that fit, go try some on because you want a nice pair of jeans, not because I'm going to, I need a pair. So I'm just going to go grab what's convenient while I'm checking out. But you also deserve to feel beautiful, to feel good. And that's okay too. That's okay. I personally love makeup. I love makeup so much. I wear it all the time. Um, and, uh, and, and I have this sort of like, um, I just have a system that I do. I, I sit, I get cozy in my bed. I have my big makeup bag and I watch a little TV and it's just like, it's my jam. It's what I like to do. And I give that to myself. That's what I do for myself. And it's away from everybody else. Right. Um, but you, you brought up a really good point about, um, about, you know, what it is that we're, we're wanting, right? It's, this is not about a Louis Vuitton bag. This is about, but it could be too. It could be too, right? We're saying, what, it, what do you want? What does your heart really want? Is it more connection? Is it more peace? Is it more harmony? Um, and then sure, it can be all of those other things too, but we're, we're, we're sort of talking about everything, right? Like I want more connection with my child or I want more family time with my kids. You know, for me, that's always on my list. I always want more time with them. And, uh, and so going to get it is, and, and okay, so let me just ask you this then. How do you determine what you really want? So Jillian, can you tell me that? Like, how would you, would you start journaling? Would you, what do you do? I mean, there's so many different things and that, that you can do to support yourself with this. But I think that at the beginning, especially because asking ourselves that question can be really uncomfortable when we're in the mode of not asking ourselves that. And so for me, it's, I mean, Asking myself what I want and being willing to give it to myself is the greatest form of self-trust and self-love, right? Like this is self-devotional stuff we're talking here. Mm -hmm. And so for me, you know, what do I truly want right now? Because we all know what it looks like to run a million miles per hour. We've got a zillion things going on. I just had my third baby, right? We've been in quarantine. Like it's like flipping bananas over here, right? And so it's those moments of like, okay. I don't want to actually live my life on this autopilot, um, go, go, go mode. So I want to sink back into who I am and just really come back to the breath, come back to the moment. So absolutely. I mean, you're going to hear me talk about journaling a bazillion years, (laughs) like over and over and over, because I just think that there is so much power in giving yourself that sacred moment where you're, it's just you and the pen and the page and your breath. And as you're allowing yourself to just ponder that question, what do I want? And you let your hand kind of go on the page, Bonnie. And I talk about this all the time. There is an energetic exchange Mm -hmm. that happens when you actually put the pen to paper that kind of seals the deal. It's like a declaration of what it is you want. And at the beginning, it might just start off being your to-do list. That's what I found for me. When I first started this work of getting quiet, of meditation, of tapping into the moon cycles and journaling and all the things, I, you know, the brain wouldn't turn off at first. So it started off with writing the to-do list. But then underneath that mm-hmm. is, is the wants. I always tell people, when you journal things out, 
it's because the point is we only can think a certain number of thoughts at the same time before we lose them, but we're afraid to forget things. So we'll tend to repeat the thoughts that are going on in our head. Oftentimes what we want are the next layer of thoughts behind the initial chaos that's happening in the brain. So when we're giving ourselves the opportunity to journal things out, then we can actually get to the stuff because we know we won't forget the first things we've written them down. Then we get the opportunity to get to the stuff underneath. So you just want to, what do you, what do you have to add to that? Yeah. I, what I love about this is that, you know, that journaling is so Jillian and I, same thing with Robin, we're all like huge advocates of journaling. And I think the biggest, the easiest starting point when, when Jillian's talking about all of those thoughts whirling through your heads, I guarantee you a lot of your attention has been focused on what you don't want. Mm. And so it's super easy to start there. Journal out what you don't want and then start asking the question, what would I want? Mm. Because from there, we, we've got a list of everything that is dissatisfying and we can start to use that to start peeling the layers back of what would be satisfying instead. Mm -hmm. And Jillian always says, she says, if you want better answers, ask better questions. Right. If you want better answers, ask better questions. So instead of answering, I don't, what I don't want, let's start asking, okay, what do you not want? And what would you want instead? And you'll see a lot of answers coming through for you. Wow. That's, that's really, that's really beautiful. Thank you for that addition. I, I, that's really helpful. Now, really the whole point of these, these, um, doing this work um, is really to get us to that joyful state. Um, and I want to talk about that, but I, but I, um, I just want to talk for a moment about unspoken expectations that we have for our kids too. And really what that does is it takes us away from connection with our kids. It takes us out of empathy. It takes us out of compassion. If we are running our own agenda for our kids, right? And those unspoken expectations could come from, um, again, from our parents, from our upbringing, from societal norms, uh, you know, what have you. Um, But what happens is, is when we have expectations that aren't spoken of our children, and they therefore don't know what our expectations are, and we communicate in a way that we are disproving of how they behave or whatever, they get the idea that they're not good enough, which then gets them on the road to self-doubt, self-esteem issues. And then, then it, it's, it's interesting because that's the start of it. That's with the unworthiness, how that starts. And that can lead that can follow you for all of your life when then when you're here as we are as moms and it's like oh that unworthiness record is playing in my head again right because that those expectations the 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 disapproval the disappointment that you will feel from your parents or we do for our kids um will follow them through so um bonnie maybe i can i can touch base with you how do you feel about that and what do you have to say about that yeah it's uh when we're shooting our kids, we're shaping their identities. And unfortunately, it's anchored in disapproval. Yeah. Instead of shooting, what we want to start shifting to is what could be. Mm. So instead of should, it's could. 
Hmm. So when we are asking, like we have these expectations, our, our kids should get straight A's, right? They should um, try harder. They should go get a job. They should follow through. They should this. Okay, absolutely. These are great. Um, you're wanting what your intention is and to instill values. You're trying to instill um, uh, good behaviors on adults, right? Children to become adults. Mm -hmm. But it has the opposite. It has the adverse effect. Instead, what it is is saying that you are not these things because you should be and implies that you're not. And what that leads to, as Robin says, is to them feeling like they're just never going to be good enough. What's the point? And they start resisting you or they shut down and they start getting sad or they, it gets worse and they're getting more and more D's and F's and, and you're just like, I can't reach them. And then it creates this cycle of just disproportion between you and your children and disconnection. Mm -hmm. So instead, we want to start paying attention to, okay, we want to instill these, but is there a better way that we can do it that will lead to a better result? Mm -hmm. So that kind of goes back to what I just said earlier. So if you want better answers, ask better questions. Mm -hmm. So here we go and say, okay, instead of what they should do, what could we do about this? And we begin to ask our children questions versus placing expectations on them so that they have a conversation and thus get buy-in. Because remember, unspoken expectations are what I think you should do, right. where expectations are agreements that we both agree to do. So when we pivot the conversation away from should me telling you into a conversation of what could we, now the two of us can get on the same page and formulate something that will work for both because I guarantee your child wants to do right and do well and do good, but maybe in the way that you're trying to advocate for doesn't align with what they feel they're competent or capable. Or maybe there's a missing piece that you, they don't, that you don't know. And so when we start asking and we start communicating differently, we will have better results. And thus we will start seeing our child flourish and becoming all of the things that we hope and aspire of them to be. Uh, that's really beautiful. Um, I, I love the could. I love the, um, by the way, my son just uh, popped into my um, office and just blew me a kiss. <laughs> this is the cutest thing ever. I just, I just thought I'd tell you that. Um, <laughs> Adorable. Okay, but um, but but here's the thing too. So uh, so you use grades as an example, and you know one of the things about grades is is parents very much do focus on grades, homework, school in general, because really it represents how our kids are going to do in the future, right? And so there's a lot of fear around that. But but what we really don't realize is that grades first of all, are not a measure of your child's worth or intelligence, right? And also, um, you know, if you only look for those A's, if you only look for the things that you want, you miss the gift that came with the C plus, the hard work that came with the C or the D, right? Yes. Maybe that's the best they can do. And so therefore you use that as communication. You use that as, as looking, like looking at a symptom, like, okay, so you've got a D now, what's that about? How can I help you? How can I support you? Right. We're yeah, on your exactly. Yeah. It's about opening this conversation because there's a piece of the puzzle that you're missing. Yeah. Right. It's, it's about recognizing that they need something that you're not aware of. 
And by you just pointing it out or, you know, trying to push them or encourage them to do better or be better, mostly because out of your fear of what this could be or what this will amount to, then they're picking up on that energy, right? It's like your vibe is attracting, you know, their responses. And what we want to do is we want to open a more constructive dialogue where they feel safe to talk to you about this, exactly. where they feel encouraged to come to you with like, Hey, I got this D and you know what? I'm feeling really disappointed. I'm feeling really discouraged about it. Um, I, I, I think I want to figure out a better way to do this. I mean, that would be the greatest gift in the world. And it can happen. And I know some moms are like, that's not my kid. And maybe it's not, but when we ask better questions, right? When we start to really saying, okay, what could be different? How could we approach this? What, what do you think is missing? What do you think that, um, what do you think that you need? And we could start to get more information. We gather information, get curious. Exactly. Yes. Get curious. Uh, you know, I always say, you can just say, how come? Like, how come? Like, why is this like this? How come? Right. Um, and, and here's what I know without a shadow of a doubt, is that our kids do want to please us. And if we run our own agenda in a way that is uh, disrespectful of their own wants and needs, there are a lot of kids that will put their dreams aside because they want to please their parents. I hear it time and time again when I'm working with parents and we're talking about their childhood, right? Because I, when I work with parents, we start, at, we start at the beginning. We started their childhood before we go into their parenting. And and so many people I know just want to please their parents. They will take on careers that they don't like because they were shamed or um, criticized into, into having that kind of career. So uh, do you have anything to add about that, Jillian? Yeah, I have actually two things that I want to add. Um, Bonnie was talking and just all this like emotion was flooding up over here. And I want to kind of bring a different perspective to this. Let's talk about the grades, right? Why does it actually matter? This is going to be, this might be like a right to a dagger to the heart type question, but why does it actually matter to you as the parent, what kind of grades your kids get? And I'm going to, I'm going to ask an additional question to support that. My thought is, or no, I'm not going to ask a question. I'm going to give a statement. My thought is it matters because how well they do is actually a direct reflection on how you think you should be doing as a parent. So when we have these unspoken expectations, it's because we actually fear our own failure as a parent mm -hmm. and it's going to manifest in our kiddos. And that's really deep. And that's where we get to sit and do our own internal work rather than projecting our expectations onto our kiddos. We actually first, in my very humble opinion, um, it's our responsibility to take stock of what's going on inside us. Oh, heck yeah. Because we can put all these unspoken expectations on our little ones and it really comes from a place of not feeling secure in the person you are, because here's the truth, our little ones, and I come from a very spiritual way of thinking for, about this, but our little ones have their own soul and their own soul has its own contract and its own contract may or may not have anything to do with how 
it represents you or how you feel about how they do. Does that make sense? I want to make sure that I'm being clear about that. What you're saying is our kid's success is a measure of our worth as parents. And that's totally. backwards because our children are beating with their own heartbeat, their own soul, their own destiny, their own, their own yeah. journey ahead of them. And it has nothing to do with us, yes. but we can through our own influence and through shaming them and criticizing them and telling them, telling them they're a disappointment that, that they are not good enough and that will throw them off their path. Right. And that just feeds our own ego as the parent. We get the high off of knowing that we're controlling this tiny human Mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form. And we're manipulating their life when quite honestly, their life is theirs to live. Now I say that I am a deeply connected parent who loves my children and I will do whatever I can to support and guide. I take my responsibilities as a parent very seriously, but I also know at the end of the day, my sons are going to hopefully with my support, make the best decisions for them, for what their soul is here to do. Mm-hmm. And I'll share a story with you when my, so I'm a mama of three little boys now. Mm-hmm. And when my oldest son, I was kind of having my spiritual awakening, um, as he was stepping into like the one, two and three year old time frame of his life. He's going to be seven this Saturday. So he'll have just turned seven by the time this 50th um, episode releases for you, Robin. But he, he, he was one years old or something. And he, um, he scratched me or so like, he kind of like batted at me a little bit and he hadn't done anything like that. And I said, mama is not happy about that. Mama is not happy about that, right? And so, okay, maybe perfectly fine response. However, what then happened was for the next several weeks, anytime he did anything, he looked at me and say, Mama happy? Mama happy about that? So I taught that little boy that his actions dictated my happiness, Mm. right? Let me tell you, I've cried a lot of tears about that. And we've done a lot of work about that because guess what, folks? His actions should not have anything to do with my happiness. Mm -hmm. My happiness is cultivated in and of me, right? I am in charge of my own joy and his actions. Yes, I, my human may have a response to them, but what he does or doesn't do should not dictate my my worth, my my feelings, Mm -hmm. my emotions. And I don't want him to grow up feeling like he's in charge of my happiness. And so this is why, to your point of the unspoken expectations, we get, get to be, I underline the word, we get to be super clear, Mm -hmm. super communicative of the expectations we have. And hopefully we are checking ourselves before we're wrecking ourselves that our expectations are actually in alignment for the greatest good for them and not to stroke our own ego. Because to think that my little boy was going to learn that his actions were, he needed to behave a certain way and that was the only way I was going to be happy. You are you've got to be damn sure that I did a lot of work to rewrite that. Cause that's not his job. Right. That's my job. And it's my job as a, a parent. I feel for him to know that. Well, and, and I, I, I love that story because what, what happens with our kids is they're egocentric, right? So they're going to, he's going to say, Oh, I hurt mom. That was bad. I'm bad. 
right? Exactly. I'm exactly. a bad person. And that's not what we, we don't want that record playing in their heads. And, and one thing that I want to add about this whole topic is, and I think we're, we're doing a disservice if we don't mention it, is that, you know, our parents, of course, have the best intentions, but a lot of this is fear. What I know without a shadow of a doubt is when, um, and I see this now with the quarantine and online school, you know, parents are really scared and they're stressed about, about the work that they have to do. And I think one of the reasons why they're really stressed about it is because it's like, well, if I don't get you to learn this thing, then how are you going to be okay next year when you're, you know, not with me when you're, when you're on your own. And then if you can't pass this, this uh, grade three math test, then how are you going to do in grade four? How are you going to do in grade five? Are you going to be like forever failing? What does this now mean for your future? And then before you know it, you have gone from this moment and you have catapulted yourself into the future where your child is in jail or is a drug addict or alcoholic or whatever, right? Like we just like, we, we are not in this moment and we need to remind ourselves that that's fear talking. We don't have the future to uh, rely on and that it's okay. And, and I'll tell you as a mom who has uh, you know, my oldest is going to be 15 soon. So I've been doing this for, for a little bit longer than you guys have. And some of the parents that are listening and I know there's help for them along the way, like this, this yeah. too, this will not define your child. This moment doesn't define you as a mom or your child. Um, yeah. So I want to read something and, and I was pulling it up here as you were talking, because I think this is so perfect. I don't know if you know uh, this, this, this poem here, but it's by um, Kel Khalil um, Gibram, uh, and it says, your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not for, from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not make them like you. For life goes not backwards, nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children as living arrows are sent forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might that his arrows may go swift and far. Let your bending of the archer's hand be for gladness, for he, for even as he loves the arrow that flies, he, so he loves also the bow that is stable. Isn't that cool, you guys? And sister. Can and I so have that? Is. Yes, I'm going to put Can you send that to us? Yes. Is <laughs> I have that framed in my house. I'm going to yeah. change the he's with she's just because I have the house of girl. <laughs> right, you know? right. Totally, totally. We'll, we'll update it. But but it is, it's called On Children. And, and I have to tell you, I always send this to the clients that I work with when I ask them what their values are and intentions, and they have the word success in there. Yeah. And I think, okay, well, what do you mean by success? And yeah, oftentimes it means you actually have a job, my child, you have to be successful for yeah. me. And I want that of you. And so I always ask like, what if your child is successful, but they're unhappy? What, you know, what does that mean for you? So, um, so I want to just leave this topic there for this. Thank you for your wisdom awesome. on that. You're currently listening to Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon, and I hope you're enjoying the show so far. 
Did you know that by the age of six, many girls believe that they're less smart than boys? And only 19% of children's books showcase women with jobs or career ambition? As a parent, are you looking for stories to inspire your little girl to pursue her dreams without limits? Well, Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls podcast is an expansion of its best-selling book, which tells hundreds of bedtime stories about the lives of extraordinary women from the past and the present. Designed to close the confidence gap in young girls, these stories explore the talent and results of incredible women across every possible field from astronauts, chefs, trombonists, judges, scientists, and tennis players, from Jane Goodall to Simone Biles. So to inspire the rebel girl in your life, go and find Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls on your favorite podcast player. Now, back to the show. And now I would like to, um, to transition to Joy. And Let's do that. <laughs> I, I have, I, I, I wanted, did you, did you hear about the kidnapping at the school that just happened? No. Uh-uh. Oh, it's okay. He woke up. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's my joke. <laughs> Robin, you just scared the hell out of me. <laughs> me too. I'm like, what happened? Like, no. Like, you're talking about joy. Now we're talking about, like, okay, we can pivot. We can pivot. <laughs> okay, that's my joke. That's my joke. My husband told it to me yesterday. I was rolling on the floor laughing. And my, my son is like, oh, yeah, mommy woke up, whatever. I tried to do it so good and so seriously, but yeah. <laughs> Nicely done. Thank Bonnie you. Kelly, how do you rate our friend Robin on her delivery of that? Bonnie is a joke aficionado like she knows her jokes like that was really well done very well delivered Robin because it like threw me for a loop and I'm like wait what what's happening my brain was there and then yeah good good I I thought I would I thought I would throw it on you like that (laughs) and with that everyone take a deep breath the kid is fine the kid is fine yes He's just asleep. He's just asleep, everybody. He's just asleep. He's just kidnapping. Okay. So um, I believe, though, as we talk about joy, that it is our innate state. It is our default setting. We all want joy. We all want to be joyful. We are um, attracted to people who are joyful, right? You want to be around those people that have, like, positive energy and lots of love and light and and that sort of thing. So, um so I think, you know, we have talked about how to get to joy, right? But sometimes things get in our way, right? And, and we've talked a little bit about that too, right? Not feeling worthy, not putting ourselves first. Um, but I want to know what, what really gets in our way um, and stops us from really, really grabbing onto our joy unapologetically. Uh, Bonnie, can you speak to that? I will say one of the biggest, the biggest contributors to robbing you of joy is when you are looking outside of you for it. Because joy is an inside job. Mm. It's not an outside job. It's not an out, you're not going to seek it outside of you. Uh, Mm. There's no amount of stuff. There's no person. There's no thing. There's no accomplishment. There's no achievement that is going to generate lasting, sustainable joy. Mm -hmm. Joy emanates from the very essence of your soul, from your heart. It it is from the very pits of your being. Mm -hmm. And how you acquire or reconnect to that is through stripping the layers that that deny us of that. 
the mm -hmm. conditioned layers that we were taught with, the hurt and pain that we um, have experienced and we've held onto, uh, the limitations that were placed on us or we've placed upon ourselves, the insecurities, the fears, the doubts, the, um, all of the behaviors that we've developed as a result of our experiences and conditions these are the things i know that's a lot right because it's we're multi-dimensional beings but these are the layers that we want to start stripping away to really get back to the truth and the truth is that you are an amazing and deserving and powerful and divine and creative and soulful person mm. and that your joy matters right you matter mm. And when we can remember that and we are willing to bravely, I'm stealing Jillian's word here because she said to bravely be willing to look inwards. Because mm. most of us, we've just basically packed everything into nice boxes and they're all stacked up against the side. But now the garage is so full that you can no longer get in it. Mm. And it's just like, well, I'm just going to go build a new garage versus unpacking all the stuff <laughs> in the garage because yeah. it's just easier to build a new one. No, you guys, it still takes work. But just know that when we start unpacking that, uh, we're not always going to like what we find in those boxes. Mm. And sometimes what we find in those boxes is that, you know, there's some mice or rodents that got in there and they kind of destroyed some stuff or, you know, it's just, it's destructive or it's decayed or, you know, it's just not, it's not always going to be sunshine and butterflies and rainbows. Right. And once we clear that garage, that's where the sunshine and rainbows exist. We have room for it now. We have room to reconnect. We have room to let it shine. We have room to open the doors and let the air in. We, we've got all of this space. You know, I think of like stepbrothers, right? Where they like made their beds into bunk beds. They're like, there's so much room for activities. You know, like any, <laughs> hopefully I just like did not age myself with that. But <laughs> I'm exactly right? what you're it's about. like, cause they cleared all this room. They made space and they're like, wow, look at all this room. I have so much space for activities. And that's why um, Robin is so so joyful is that you did the work right you had to start unpacking the garage you stopped looking outside of you for the answers and started looking inside of you and saying okay what do I believe what do I perceive that is robbing me of joy mm. we Jillian and I came up with this analogy we say look if you want more joy you need to create a better peanut butter and jelly sandwich Okay, because it's our perceptions and beliefs that lead to joy. So PBJ, right? Like it's like, if you want more joy, perceptions and beliefs need to be in alignment with the joy. And if we have memories and experiences that we had that were painful or traumatic and we're holding on to them and how we hold, think about them is painful still and we haven't released them. Well, what we believe and perceive isn't sweet and yummy. I love PBJs. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's actually, it's, you know, sticky and nasty. And so we, we want to be able to shift those. We want to start looking at them and examining them and asking ourselves, you know, what do I want to feel about this? So, and, you know, forgiveness is probably one of the greatest gifts that mm -hmm. you can give yourself to do that work. Right. Right. Yeah. To, to let that go. But <clears throat> so I want to, I want to talk about forgiveness because I think that's sort of the natural next step, but I want to ask you for, for those people listening, right. And, and you started off by saying that you can't look outside yeah. because it's an inside job. So then uh, I'm going to ask Jillian this question. 
what do you say to the, um, okay, so me, um, the old me, when I used to look on Facebook and I used to see, um, I used to see people like holding up their, their kids, like home alone certificate that they got and their babysitting certificate. And they like, you know, all the kids that were the same ages as, as one of my boys. And, uh, and, and I remember sitting there going, oh, well, must be nice. Must be nice that you have kids that, right? Because I do have a child with some challenges and he wasn't interested in that. And of course that to me looked really good. And I thought, oh yeah, this would be great. That's my stuff, my dream, you know, all of that stuff. So, so day to day, right? When I see something or, or the people listening, see something that triggers them, they see something that reminds them that maybe the life that they feel that they want or they envision for themselves is, is not happening for them, but they see somebody else with the dream that they want. And that makes them feel less than, makes them feel sad, makes them feel less joyful. What, what do you say there? Well, first of all, I love you so much. That's what I say, right? And because here's the thing, and this goes to every single um, part of the conversation that we've had. This is, the, this is the ultimate. Love and fear can't exist at the same time. Hmm. And so to Bonnie's point of clearing out the garage, right? So like there's, it's jam packed full of boxes. Um, and just like these, these mamas who are looking out there and they're seeing all of these things that they so desperately wanted for themselves, but it just never came to fruition. What we're really talking about is all the di different fear pockets that are showing up everywhere. So these boxes are filled with fear. Mm -hmm. And as we allow ourselves on the daily to excavate the fear that we feel, we are able to take that space and fill it with love. Mm -hmm. So it sounds very woo, but this is what life is all about. It's do you want to live in fear or do you want to live in love? Because mm -hmm. you can't feel both at the same time. And so of course, right? If you are in a space where it's the world against you and this happened to me and why don't I have the kid that I wanted to have? Mm -hmm. It's such a tender place and you're exactly where you're meant to be. And also there's so much fear that's packed in there. And Robin, you said that with your, your clients and your, um, the, the people that you get to work with, you start with the beginning, right? Well, Bonnie and I do too, because we recognize that so much of what we hold on to, so much of our patterns specifically, or not specifically, but a good example is the pattern of looking outside and judging other people and then conversely judging yourself because of what you're comparing yourself to other people. It's all based and there's like a the root of fear is what's breeding into all of that. And so I would say on the daily, first of all, how can you support yourself? How can you soothe yourself with love first? Mm -hmm. Rather than getting on Facebook, doing the comparison scroll, mm -hmm. and then allowing all of that external energy to fill your space with fear, how can you fill up with love first. Because if love and fear can't exist at the same time, then you get to choose mm -hmm. which do you want to fill your cup with love or fear. Mm -hmm. And so 
going down the patterned road of I am, you know, these people have what I want. It's an, it's a hard, hard pattern, hard programming to break, but at the core of it, what you're asking for from yourself is more love. And so there's so actually, I, I think now would be a great time to segue into the forgiveness conversation. Bonnie is a ninja at this because quite honestly, forgiveness is not about other people. It's actually the gift that we give to ourselves and forgiveness is often the space that we forgiveness is often the thing that we can use to clear the space to invite in love. Mm. Because quite honestly, if you are spending time comparing yourself to others, which I know is so easy to do in today's day and age, Mm. it's because you're holding yourself hostage. You are holding something against yourself that it probably would do you well to navigate some forgiveness work to allow the love in. What do you have specifically to add on top of that? Well, I will first say, you know, this comparison trap we all get into, Robin, you're not alone in it. All of us experience it in different times in our lives. And, you know, and, and it doesn't escape any of us, even for myself. I, I can say that, you know, when I had Evelyn, so that's my now 20 month old, right, is I found myself, I had to slow down and work and I got to watch everyone else speed up. And there's this overwhelming thought and belief that there was something wrong with me because I wasn't able to do it all. I wasn't able to be a new mom and still be a, I don't know if I can say badass on this, but I just did. So it'd be a a badass at work, right? And just be, you know, the ambitious superstar that everybody had known me to be. And, you know, this, this idea that we fill ourselves with love first before you scroll is a powerful way that you can begin to say, okay, like now I'm full so that I don't have room for all of this negativity. But when it triggers, when it comes up, it's, it's, an, it's an indicator, it's a light, it's a warning that something's off. And just like I said, it's always an inside job, is that when you feel jealousy, if you feel lack, if you feel that something's wrong with you, if you feel inadequate, I want you to imagine your check engine light just came on in your car. Mm, I love that. You can either choose to ignore it until your car breaks down, or you can tune in. Mm. And when we tune in, we can do a tune up. Mm. Oh, I love it. <laughs> that, that's beautiful. I love it. Go, sorry, go ahead. And that's, and that's really what it is, is then we can tune in and we can ask ourselves, like, why does that actually bother me? What do mm. I feel like I'm missing? What does it mean about me mm. that I feel this way? And we start to realize it's like, oh, my cup has a hole in it. I feel inadequate. I feel less than. I feel that I'm not enough. All right. Well, that's a belief that I have that absolutely needs to change. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we can start to identify the beliefs and the perceptions that we have that don't serve us, don't serve our joy, don't fuel our joy. Mm -hmm. And we can start to make a better sandwich, Mm -hmm. better perceptions, better beliefs, better joy. You know, so that's really beautiful. And, and I think that what comes with that is a sense of acceptance for, for who you are and, and what is gratitude for where you are in your life like what do you what do you have what can you celebrate but you know Jillian you said something that I wrote down that I can't stop thinking about and I think that if this is your mantra I think this will help and, I, and I'm open to you um, you know bantering it back and forth but but for everybody listening to really lean into the words that you are exactly where you need to be 
does that not then take the weight of it all off? Don't you feel? Yeah. 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 Jillian? Time. And just to add to that and bringing in the triggering conversation, oftentimes when we see something that we want and we're triggered by it, uh, we think it's the thing that they're right. We're thinking it's the certificate that's being put up that we yes. want. But if we get into it, like Bonnie said, it's an inside job. If we get into it, it's actually, we're craving a feeling. We're craving something deeper than that surface level certificate. And so I actually like to look at jealousy as an opportunity mm -hmm. and a calling into something greater that's available for me. Right. So I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. The universe does not make mistakes. I have gone through everything that I have gone through because this in this moment is exactly where I'm meant to be with all my flaws, with all my attributes, with all my, all my Alma, right? Like with my kids, with my spouse, with everything, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be right? Pressure's off. Mm -hmm. And if I'm feeling jealous about something that someone else has, let's flip that. Let's reframe that. Can that be an invitation mm -hmm. into another way to cultivate that feeling within me, right? If I think I'm jealous about the certificate, let's dig in. What am I actually jealous about? Okay. I'm jealous about the connection that these two people appear to have. I'm jealous about, um, the fact that my kid doesn't go there to that school. And what does that actually mean? Like there's always a deeper root here. And so if we can recognize that jealousy is our witnessing that someone else has something that we claimed that we wanted. And so if that's proof, if someone else has it, then it's proof that we can actually cultivate it in a way that is in alignment for ourselves. Mm -hmm. If we see something that we want, we can go get it. It may not look exactly the same, but the energy and the feeling is if you get down into the roots of it. So you are not behind you are not too far ahead. Mm -hmm. You are not lacking anything. You are exactly where you're meant to be at this point in time because you've got gifts that are that have gotten you here and you've got more coming. I'm going to give you another mantra. It's grateful for what is and excited for more. Oh, beautiful. Right? So I am exactly where I'm meant to be. And Robin, you said, let's bring in the gratitude, right? I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. And I am so grateful for all that I have. And I'm excited for more. Mm. And I'm going to look at each of these women that I have been jealous of in the past and ask myself, do that deeper digging and say, what is it that I actually want out of that? Look at how we're intertwining every single bit of this conversation, <laughs> right? What is it that I actually want yeah. that she is putting out there that now I know I can go get? It may not look exactly the same, but that feeling, if she can have it, I can have that too. Well, and, and we've been, uh, so thank you. We've been talking a lot about the work and what it is we need to do to look inside. And I think what we really need to do really to, to circle right right around is to forgive ourselves to let ourselves off the hook to say you know what look I didn't know what I didn't know totally. and that's okay and so Bonnie how do we start that forgiveness work how do we do that yeah forgiveness is a big topic and it's one of my favorite things to really mm -hmm. talk about because uh, there's so much misinformation out there about what forgiveness is and, you know, I think the first step when you ask like, well, how do I really step into forgiveness is to 
recognize what forgiveness isn't. Forgiveness isn't something we do for anyone else with the expectation to receive anything else. Right. What forgiveness is, is a gift we give ourselves for us to receive something within ourselves. Does that make sense? It's like, it's not, we have to let go of these expectations that other people will acknowledge their wrongs, that other people would admit their wrongs or other people will feel sorry for their, you know, mistakes or, um, their abuse or neglect. And we have to just get into this idea that forgiveness is for you. And when you forgive, it doesn't mean that you are accepting a shortcoming or limitation. Because that's another big fear around forgiving is that if I forgive, that makes what happened to me or it makes, um, it's, it's used as an excuse and I'm not going to advance any further. And it really isn't any of those things. What it is, is like we forgive ourselves so that we can be emotionally present with where we are and what is here, and then we learn and grow. It's not about forgive and forget, okay? Right. If we do that, of course you're going to end up back where you started. Of course mm. you're going to get hurt or uh, taken advantage of because you didn't set up new boundaries. You didn't change the game. You just are going to repeat the game. But forgiveness isn't about forgetting. Forgiveness isn't about letting people or yourselves off the hook or condoning bad behavior or making excuses for what it is. What it absolutely is, is it's your opportunity to learn and grow. One of my favorite affirmations is that uh, each day in all ways, I am better than I used to be. Oh, wow. That's really day in all ways I am better than I used to be mm. what that means is that as long as we are focused the attention the energy of where you are placing your thought patterns and your energy is on learning and growing you will always evolve and you'll be better and thus do better mm. but holding on to what you didn't know shaming yourself for hindsight uh, abusing yourself for the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, mm. it's not getting you forward. It's taking you back. Right, right. And what we want to do is we want to ground ourselves fully present and here to start to have understanding for our shortcomings, to grant ourselves grace, to drop the dang expectation bar down to a realistic standards. Moms, I'm talking to you. Drop the perfection bar down to a livable, reasonable standard. You are perfectly imperfect. You are flawed. You are going to make mistakes. You are going to screw up. You're going to hurt other people unintentionally. Mm -hmm. And you want to learn and grow so you don't make the same mistakes. Mm -hmm. But when we shut down, when we disconnect, when we disengage, because of this fear, because we're hurting, because we're not willing to forgive, because we fear we forget, all we're doing is we are perpetuating the life that you do not want. Mm -hmm. We are perpetuating the disconnection from our children. We are going to set them up. We're teaching them that it's like when you have pain, you stuff it down and you don't deal with it. And, you know, and then you just put on that beautiful mask and that pretty face and pretend it's all okay. That isn't joy. No. That's not sustainable joy. So the very first step is to recognize what forgiveness is and isn't, Robin. It's all about realizing that forgiveness is a process. And it's a practice. Mm 
Mm -hmm. And it's forgive, learn, and grow. And if your audience wants help, girl, like they can have my forgiveness letter. It Mm -hmm. is, it's like a four part letter that we designed to take them through the actual practice of forgiveness. And I use this letter, Robin, thousands of times Mm -hmm. on my healing journey, thousands of times, because I had to forgive a lot of past pains, including sexual trauma physical abuse, neglect, and especially myself because of all the abandonment abuse, I made a lot of mistakes and I caused a lot of damage in other people's lives and myself that I had a lot of shame and guilt around. And so this letter is what I use to free my soul and find that lasting joy. What a beautiful gift. Thank you so much. Wow. Um, Yes, we will take that and use it. That is really beautiful. And, um, you know, the thing that, that sticks out to me in what, and all of what you've said is grace, just having grace for yourself. Like it's okay. We make mistakes. That actually is the human condition and is what it is to be human is to make mistakes, to have failures and missteps in life. That is what it is. And that's some grace and self-compassion for yourself, right? So I just want to thank you both so much. This, you, look, we could talk forever. We could talk for a whole day. Um, and we do, we, we, we meet up every week. And we week. do. Yeah, <laughs> we meet up every week and we talk about all the things. And, uh, and I, but, but I really truly cherish this conversation. I hope everybody listening loved it and as much as I did. And we will put the link to that in the show notes also the link to, to, to get in touch with you guys because you are so inspirational. I want to thank you so much. Let me just ask you both really quickly. Uh, what, what is the one thing you would like our listeners to know? Jillian, I'll start with you. We hope that you live your life to a standard of joy. Bonnie just said, you know, lower that standard expectation, that perfectionist expectation that you have for yourself. And what we would love for you to live is in that most joyful possible state. And it's going to look different each and every single day, but this is what we are constantly working toward for ourselves: is to live our life to a standard of joy, not perfection, not external validation, not what our parents wanted, not what our kids, not based on what our kids do. It's our own selfly self-motivated self self-devoted that doesn't make sense but like it comes from a self-devotional place Mm. standard of joy beautiful thank you and i will add to that with let joy lead the way right joy is the indicator it's going to be the the point in time it's like are you on track with your joy or not let joy lead the way and if you're not that's your opportunity it's your gift to start asking questions to unpack what what's in this box and why does it have so much power over me? Why is it leading to such a disconnection and, and such chaos and controversy? And what what do I want? What would what what would bring me joy instead? Like what could be replaced with this? And we follow that joy, it's going to lead us and continue to lead us to that place that is not only good for us, it's good for our children, it's good for the world, it's good for the planet, it's good for everything. (laughs) And we deserve it. We are abundant beings. We are joyful beings. That is what we deserve. That's what we all can work towards because we are worthy of it. Uh, Thank you so much, beautiful ladies, Jillian Bolands, Bonnie Kelly, beautiful women. And thank you so much for being here.
Thank you. Our honor. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.